0: Well, good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best selling author. And we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple the podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity and what it means to bring humanity into the world. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter Haley, and I'm excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. And we have in this episode a very special guest and a dear friend of mine, Dr. Peter Neiman. Now, I will read his bio here, which doesn't can't possibly capture the friendship that I have with uh with Peter, but I will read his official bio and then we are going to get into a great conversation today. Dr. Neiman is a pediatrician, author, marathon runner, and health coach. Peter was born in South Africa and moved to Calgary in 1983. In 1987, he started his practice in pediatrics. He's the founder of Center 70 Pediatrics and at age 68, and I love this, he's still excited to go to work every day helping patients to manage their stress, eat healthy, and exercise consistently. He has written monthly health columns for the Calgary Herald since 1999 and authored three books. The latest book is Sustained, A Life Rewritten After Sudden Misfortune. His two other books are Moving Forward, The Power of Consistent Choices in Everyday Life, and 101 Finish Lines. In Sustained, he describes how the death of a child by suicide has tested his ability to endure with patience and resilience. His life-changing experience has tested Peter's strong faith beyond words. Living life by example, Peter values fitness and set a goal of running, if you can imagine this, 100 marathons by age 60. With 114 marathons behind him, he continues to run daily and on December the 16th, 2023, marked 14 years running every day since 2009. He is married to Dr. Corinne Simonski, a family doctor, and they have three adult children, Katie, Matt, and John, and a granddaughter named Charlie. Peter, we are thrilled to have you with us.
1: Well, Dave, likewise, you know, um, before we went on the air, I explained to uh, Haley um, how we met and under what circumstances, probably in the late 1990s, and you've always been an inspiration, a role model to me, and uh, and, and boy, uh, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is set an intention today to do a podcast with Charlie my granddaughter who's now just about a year old so i want to I live long and live strong and and uh and 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 have charlie join me and do do what you're doing with that. hayley here
0: you know it's a I great
2: love privilege. That idea
0: it's a great privilege you bet peter it's you're you are have been a good friend for many years you've been an inspiration to me now mm-hmm. you must tell me about your work so i'm curious um, well, I'm, I'm curious on about a couple of things. I'm curious how, if you're still practicing as a pediatrician and how you got into health coaching, and then I'd love to hear your story about running and why running is you're yeah. so passionate about running. Cause I know you and Haley are going to connect on this one.
1: Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to learning <laughs> from Haley about her running and how she did the Ottawa Marathon, if I remember correctly, and how, how she plans to continue running while pregnant. And so this is all exciting. Absolutely. You ask about whether yeah. I still see uh, uh, children, Dave. And yeah, the answer is yes. Um, you know, not, not that long ago, uh, I was in a group practice uh, starting in 87. And uh, we ended up with three doctors in our group. And my colleague wanted to cut back a little bit. And, uh, you know, I have Fridays off, make every weekend a long weekend, and he likes to golf. And, you know, we've been very in partnership for many, many years. It's almost like a marriage. You know, we we get along real good. And uh, I'll never forget when we said goodbye to our old office. He, him, me, and our wives got together there, and we had some champagne to celebrate that journey. And pivoting to the next chapter, which was uh, me moving into Center 70, starting my practice there, or sorry, continuing my practice there, where, where I see a variety of kids. But but here, here's an interesting trend, uh, Haley and, and you probably as a teacher will, will be able to weigh in on this. I, I've been around, I finished medical school in 79, started pediatrics in 83, so it's like almost, uh, you know, 40 years of just looking after children only. And I have to say that in the last, I would say, 10 years, I've I've seen a pattern, a trend toward more mental health issues, whether it's depression or anxiety or more ADD, more autism, and just families that have been, of course, totally stressed. And you know, during COVID, that that was really quite a horrible chapter in the life of uh, humanity. And and you know, yeah. to 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 help people during that time uh, was tough. And 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 yet, Dave, I I don't exaggerate. This is not um, a um, a lie this is the total honest truth when I when I uh, take the elevator from the parking garage up to my clinic and unlock the door in the mornings and look at the sunrise coming into my office I'm ready for the day man I'm I know my calling I know my purpose I know what I'm there for and it's a privilege to look after these families and help them and support them and encourage them and, uh, you know, having lost a son to suicide, when I see teenagers who suffer, I, I have so much compassion for them now, more than ever before, and for their parents, of course. And so, make a long story short, I'm, uh, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I know, probably, but like, a, you know, happy marriage, right? Like, some, some people get divorced, some people stay married, but, you know, they're not excited the spouse is not the best friend, the spouse is not necessarily anybody they respect, but they tolerate one another and, you know, just uh, survive uh, things. They don't want to get divorced or separated, but it's, it's just not that, that sense of uh, passion and bliss and enthusiasm and, you know, looking forward to, to, to the day ahead. And for me, I'm, I'm excited every day to go to the office to help. And in terms of how did I get into, um, Coaching, uh, you know, uh, about health and wellness. I, I I really believe doctors have to um, uh, set, set, set the pace, live by example, and I I, I write about it in in the book Sustained. You know, I, I came up with this nest method N E S T, where N stands for nutrition, uh, E for exercise, S for sleep, and T for your uh, technology use of technology. And you know, if you take care of those four legs of the stool, uh, you probably chances are you're probably going to be very healthy. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, that's how I got into marathon running, and one thing leads to another. It's all interconnected. You know, if you if you if you run, and you think I'm just going to burn off calories, and I can eat whatever I want to eat, well, good luck. Uh, that's probably yeah. explaining a guy like Jim Fix who had a heart attack, even though he was a runner. Yeah. So my mm-hmm. wife and I became uh, vegan. Corinne and I became vegan in 2020, uh, mostly plant-based, uh, whole food diet. And um, it's just wonderful to um, to feel that energy, to eat guilt-free. And it's not for everybody, but for us, we found we found that's our train, the train that stops at our station. So we got on board. Before, before we went on the air, I think I shared with you guys, you know, if something doesn't land for you, just remember, if the train doesn't stop at your station, that's not your train, and so with a vegan way of living and it's environmentally friendly is landing for us. So I, I I like to talk to families about that. I wrote about it in the Herald, and uh, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about nutrition, of course. And it's just a privilege to to help people, Haley, uh, have healthy brains so that they can go to school and 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 absorb what you have to teach.
2: Absolutely. What do you feel, Peter? you know seeing the rise cuz i'm definitely noticing this too the the rise of of mental health issues especially with teenagers but you know even i look at some of my colleagues some of these days too and there's just um a growing sense of apathy at the at the best yes. um let alone you know you know anxiety depression what have you at the worst What do you think is causing like causing all of it? I know, you know, definitely considering like the nest method and, 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 an improper balance with, with all of those important elements. But what do you, you know, what do you feel is causing this, especially amongst, you know, yeah, young adults?
1: Yeah, I, 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 it's a very, very good question and a tough one to answer because I'm not trying to dodge it. I think it's just a question of the multifactorial, a lot Mm -hmm. of things come into play. Some people will break, uh, will will uh, blame the family breakdown, and they will say, you know, you need two adults to be parents, and uh, and and both the child needs both, and you know, my head goes off for single parents who do do such a good job, and um, mm-hmm. so the family breakdown is a problem. I think, uh, uh, you know. Um, Oh, man, I don't know if I want to tell you the story, but le- le- let me take a run at it. Uh, the other day I saw a mm-hmm. little guy who was uh, 11 and he came mm-hmm. to me not eating. And mm-hmm. I could tell just his body language, you know, when I saw him, it, it was not a happy guy. And I I just, my my sense, my intuition told me to to not just see him as somebody who doesn't want to eat. That's a common mm-hmm. presentation. People, you know, are picky eaters and so on make a long story short he uh, five years before he met me encountered his father hanging in the basement from a rope and so he uh, felt terrible guilt that he uh, didn't support his father didn't put a stool underneath the father's feet and the father Mm. died in front of his son and so you know it's the point of the story is that um when parents are not happy it affects the children big time
0: yeah. and
1: uh and you know parents and are stressed out COVID was not helpful people have uncertainty yeah. when they want certainty uh it's it's not yeah. what we wanted but it's what we got and it really tested our resilience like a few other things in the history of mankind i mean there was a flu epidemic in 1918. So I think I think families are stressed financially. They stressed uh, in terms of um, their own mental health, the parents. In addition, uh, I don't think kids are getting enough exercise. I don't think they're eating healthy. And of course, uh, you know, technology is a huge problem. Uh, the surgeon general in the United States about a year or so ago uh, said that his recommendation is that uh, people uh, don't allow their daughters, especially if they picked on girls, uh, use social media until they're 13. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm. Mark Twain said that comparison is the uh, thief of joy. Very true. You know, we compare ourselves, we see how we measure up and and people are not happy. Mm. They, they, they feel other people have more than them and they, they're just not happy in their own skin. They don't know their calling, yeah. they don't know their purpose, they don't know their identity. And I also think that, and this may be controversial, that if 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 we if people don't have a spiritual practice, and I'm not talking religion, I'm talking about yeah. let's say faith or trust in something bigger than just you. Um you know, I, I think it's harder to have inner peace. And a body with inner peace is more precious than the most precious gem um so so people lack this inner peace they lack purpose they lack calling and i think they they stressed out the other thing too i'm not sure if you see this Haley, is that uh, some some of the smarter kids put so much pressure on themselves to get into harvard or yale or mcgill or stanford and so they yeah. don't have much time left to to just play and be be a child yeah definitely i'm
2: definitely noticing this too and i think it's it's so interesting because i think like as a result of covid as well what what i've noticed i'm another piece i have a i work at a very small school so i end up wearing a lot of hats but one of the hats i'm wearing right now is um a little bit of like i say guidance counseling but it's really more about like career and university counseling um so working with them to kind of get into these universities but the averages required to get into so many different programs, even across Canada, let alone Harvard and these these Ivy League colleges in the States, yeah. is is growing more and more and more, partly as a result of, you know, you know, inflated grades because of COVID and, and things like that. Um, but now, you know, these kids feel that, you know, if they don't have high 90s and are also you know, volunteering, you know, a billion hours a week and working part-time and doing sports and also like doing all of these things yes. and keeping their schedules incredibly busy so that their resume is full, that they feel like their life is over, that they're, they're not going to accomplish or amount to anything that they're, and it's just this. And so when, you know, they end up getting, you know, God forbid an 86 or something like that on a, on a test, yeah. it it compl- causes com- Complete meltdown yeah. um and it's really hard for them to bounce back from that and i can only imagine what that happens you know when that happens at university and they're facing you know all of a sudden 60s and 70s or lower because it's university you know they're not used to giving out getting anything lower than 90s um that it just you know it explains you know the the huge rise of these these crises on university campuses right now
1: and i think you know people are hard on themselves they're not gentle um i yeah. uh, Definitely, I I subscribe to um, uh, you know the 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 teaching of self compassion, which is not selfishness, mm-hmm. but um, you know I listen. My I have a coach. His name is Alan Cohen, and Alan has taught mm-hmm. me a lot. He's endorsed many of my books, and I took some, my life coach training with Alan in Hawaii, of all places. Can you believe that? But it, it was good. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from Alan. And, uh, continued to see him as as one of my mentors, and Alan. Um, If I were to just give a a headline of of what he does during his coaching sessions, is this, you are worthy, you are worthy, because a lot of people think they're not worthy. Uh, They carry guilt, they carry shame. Um, Alan said this, it's maybe not politically correct, but this is a Jewish guy saying something like this. He said the Jews invented guilt and the Catholics perfected it. And... uh, (laughs) You know, people laugh when, <laughs> when they hear that, and I'm sure it's uh, maybe dangerous and politically not correct, but but really a lot of people say they grew up, say, in a church where they were f- felt like less than worthy, guilty and shame and all these things. So, um, yeah, people's self-worth, they've lost track of what it's all about, you know, that in- inside that body is a, is a person who who has tremendous gifts and talents and skills to become a tremendous psychologist, tremendous social worker, tremendous teacher. And they just yeah. need to hear that often enough. They need to be affirmed, they need to be encouraged, they need to be told that. And uh, and I just see it, you know, when people come to my clinic, let's take a kid with uh, ADD. And typically, yeah. you know, I don't want to talk in front of the child about what, what's wrong, because that's what people count, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. And uh, I I I flip it. I I want to start with what's right. I want to know from them what are you good at. Uh, tell me tell me mm-hmm. what do you enjoy doing and what are, what are your passions and 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 the body language of the children changing right in front of my eyes. You know uh, it's beautiful uh-huh. to see that how they uh-huh. how they um, how they tell tell me about their dog and then I want to see a photograph of their dog and then. And then I joke about the dog, and I want to know where the dog sleeps. And sometimes, if I'm if I'm gutsy, I want to know if the dog farts sometimes too, especially in the car. <laughs> but that time we buddies, you know. And uh, and then only then do we talk about why they came to see me—the inattention or the anxiety or the depression mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's a human being, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't see myself as a as a guru. I'm a fellow traveler. I just have a different calling. My calling is to provide care, medical care, as good as possible. And their calling is to do do well in school. And they need to be told that you're worthy, you're precious, and, mm-hmm. and you have what it takes. And everybody has a gift. You just have to dig, dig and, and find that gift.
0: Peter, how has your, I'm going to ask you a very pointed question and, uh, delve into this as deeply as you'd like to how has your journey through your loss of, of your son impacted your thinking about mental health and your your perspective on life
1: Oh, dave it has changed uh changed it dramatically you know um, um you and i can can certainly um you know we can we can watch um hayley um um have a baby, or a husband can be there watching her have a baby, uh, or Dave, you you were next to your wife when she gave birth, so was I four times. And because you and I are men, we don't know what it what it's like, right? So uh, even though we can see it close up, we just do not appreciate the extent of it. So having had a teenager been who was depressed and, and uh, gifted and had ADD and had a poor self-esteem and was... Uh, You know, people say that so and so lost their battle with cancer, Ben lost his battle with depression. And uh, so I I just think that when I encounter people in my clinic, I I don't want them to go through this. I want to do whatever I can to help them. And many times I debate whether uh, I should share my personal story as a professional with my patients. But when the timing is right and when it's appropriate, I do. And I have found it, it just uh, people, people have compassion, people have understanding, people feel that I have a sense of what they're going through and there's a trust and a bond that's hard to put in words. And so, um, yeah, it's just made me more compassionate, I think, more understanding, more appreciative of how teenagers work. And, and how they think and they just want to be seen, they want to be heard. I mean, I I have to carry uh, guilt and deal with it and, and with. Um, Alan Cohen's help and coaching me. Uh, you know, I I remember my wife. We'd go to bed at night, and and Corinne would say, "I'm very worried about Ben," and I would say, "What's happening? And what 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 specifically are you talking about?" And she said, "He's very lonely. He doesn't have friends." And often that's the case with kids that uh, that are gifted, and quirky, and different, and smart, and uh, have ADD and anxiety and depression. Um, not everybody gets gets them you know and and I said well you know he just hasn't found his tribe yet one day he will and when I look back uh, at at what happened he he really felt he didn't have friends Dave and you know at his uh, funeral at his memorial service uh, you wouldn't believe how many people came and many of them came up to me and Corinne and said we were good friends with Ben and i think what what ben really wanted to, to to say is i don't have that special person i feel a connection with you know friends on facebook that's not it and acquaintances that's not it it's that gut level of friendship that connection uh, with another human being who gets you understands you who speaks your language who makes you feel safe who won't judge you will accept you unconditionally and just be there for you when you need them I wanna I wanna tell you something, uh Haley, about your dad. Um, um when when Dave um found out about Ben's passing, he came to the house and he just spent time with us. And um I remember I, I had to get something for my clinic because I couldn't work for about a month after Ben passed. And uh, Dave was at my door and uh, he discovered that I needed something for my office. So he, he offered to uh, to drive me there. And people who know Dave well and uh, see him as a coach and a navigator and, a, you know, authentic teacher and that would not be surprised by this kindness that your dad showed. Uh, me at a time of uh, tremendous pain and loss and suffering so dave i'll, I'll always be Whoa. incredibly grateful <laughs> for that
2: wow
0: well peter i have nothing but love and admiration for you and how i'm very curious what you have learned about how to deal with the inevitable guilt yeah because you how do you how do you live with that because it, it doesn't matter what you would have done as a parent yeah. you how could you have possibly been able to make that connection that uh that ben needed hey
1: yes you're, you're so right you know um I, I i was taught sometimes people would come to a, a, a psychologist coach or a marriage counselor and say you know that guy that i married he was a total loser i i cannot believe how how I didn't see from the beginning what a loser he was. I should never have married him. It was a total um, waste of my life. And um, and then the response was, wait a minute. If you knew then what you know now, would would you have done things differently? And that's that's how I look at it. If if I knew uh, when Ben was younger what I know now, I, I of course would have done something different. Would would he have survived it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. My theory about suicide and teenagers is that, you know, um, there's always an attempt by by the medical organizations such as the Canadian Pediatric Society and American Academy of Pediatrics, National Institute of Mental Health. They're teaching doctors to screen these patients and to prevent suicide and be proactive. I believe it makes a difference, but I also believe there's a subpopulation of children that have just determined they want to leave and there's nothing Mm -hmm. that we can do to stop them. Ben was in that category we discovered uh, that very clearly um, the way it happened is um, it was December 31st of uh, 20, uh, 2019 and I that's how my book uh, sustained begins I tell the story of how I came home talked to Ben told him how excited I was about 2020 And I told Corinne, I think it's going to be one of our best years ever, because, you know, we're going to look at this year uh, with 2020 vision. The year 2020 would give us clear vision of what to do and what not to do and how to move forward. And little did I know that 2020 vision was totally different from what I anticipated because um, uh, that night he was supposed to be picked up by friends. We went to our neighbor's house and... uh, visited there knowing that the friends were gonna pick Ben up around about 10 or 11. And just before midnight, uh, we called him and he, he said, no, his friends stood him up. They didn't uh, didn't um, pick him up. And 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 we said, well, come, come over, come and join us. And he said, no. And that's another thing that Corinne feels very guilty about that she didn't come to the house to get Ben because when we arrived home at about one o'clock, uh, we called his name, he didn't respond, and Corinne found him in the basement with, uh, uh, um, you know, he was he was gone, he passed. And um, so the uh, interesting thing is, Dave, that I went, I heard her shrieking and crying, and so I went down there, <clears throat> took her away from the, the area and said, uh, We'll get through this together. Little did I know that it was not just me and her, but people like you, Dave, and other people that I write about in part one of the book that sustained us came right next to us. I write about the rabbi who came to our house, uh, the professor uh, uh, at my pediatric training uh, is a Muslim guy, tremendous uh, giver, strong faith in Allah and God, Um and, one of the pastors that i call mr rogers because he has this personality of a mr rogers you know calm peaceful kind i love you just the way you are as mr rogers used to say and so um you know it 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 takes a village to raise a child uh that's an african proverb right but but i also think it, it i learned it took a village to say goodbye to a child and we were totally mm-hmm. sustained by, by people, good people, people that have supported us, helped us. And it was a pleasure to write this book. And I think you asked me, Dave, why did I write the book? I, I think the main motive was, uh, for me, that was therapeutic uh, to write. I'm a writer. I enjoy writing. It puts me in the zone. Other people meditate, other people knit or whatever. For me, it was just simply writing and to share Ben's story, to honor him. And to, and to help other other families uh, know that um, you know it doesn't have to end like this. There's always hope, there's always help, what to look out for. But if it were to happen to you and if any any of us face a sudden loss an unexpected tragedy, uh, th- this may test you but but within you there, there are tremendous resources that you may not necessarily know about. And the interesting thing about grief is you never get rid of it, Dave. You you, you have to face it and you have to deal with it one day at a time. Uh, Somebody said that, uh, you know, tragedy like this can do one of three things, define you, uh, destroy you, or develop you. And I did not want this to destroy me. And I don't want it necessarily to define me. As you know, there there goes uh, Peter, the father of a dead teenager. And... But I wanted it to develop me because it's uh, it's through growth that we uh, through suffering that we grow. Again, again, this was one of your legacies, Dave. Don't know if you remember. You, you gave a talk about one of your book launches downtown, and um, and and you shared a poem that I didn't know about. Did you remember that? The poem that, uh, if I if I may, just read it. It's uh, such a powerful poem. It says, "He who learns must suffer." and even in our sleep pain that cannot forget falls drop by drop upon him, the heart and in despair against our will comes the wisdom by the awful grace of god yeah i remember that that poem mm-hmm. um
0: was read by robert kennedy yes at the death of martin luther king yes and uh wow and he was to lose his own life some yes. 60 days after that Peter, I, I want to tell you how incredibly close I feel to you right now, yeah. your vulnerability is so courageous mm. Mm. and I applaud you for your openness. It must have something to do with your own healing journey to be this honest and upfront and, and uh, real. It's very, very touching and it's inspiring.
1: Thank you, Dave. From my heart to your heart, uh, and to Haley's heart too. We are connected. You know, in, in Buddhism, they teach the issue of interconnectedness, and um, mm. that is so true. So true. We we may think we're individuals, but uh, you know, we are. Uh, we are. Uh, we're part of the ocean. We're just a wave. We're different waves, but we're part of the same ocean. We are interconnected. We are human beings. We, uh, you know, and. Uh, some, I think it was Ram Das that said, uh, "We we are uh, spiritual beings having a, a, a human experience," and and I think you know the fact that we're connected at a heart level at this moment metaphysically uh, does not surprise me, and uh, and it's a pleasure to be be part of your podcast. Thank you.
0: Haley may have some questions for you. What what is the message yeah. that you would like to leave our listeners with, as 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 we all travel through? I don't think there's anyone on this call who has in some way not been touched by a mental health challenge. What, what is the message that you would like to give parents or those who might be in that place where they want to be free of the, of the weight of depression?
1: Yeah. Sorry, Dave, you ask Haley or did you ask me that?
0: No, I was wondering, Haley may have a yeah. may have a question for you, but I was asking, really yeah. wanted to know from you. Haley okay. may want to rephrase the question.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, there's a there's a Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh, and he said, when we listen, we got to be deep listeners. We got to listen with the heart. And I think that's really the the story. Yeah. Um, Um, there's a, there's a book that I stumbled upon, which I can gladly share because I mean, podcast is 45 minutes, right? There may be parents or grandparents who listen to us talk here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'd love to give resources to people as one way to help them, you know, podcast, a website, uh, maybe my own website or articles or whatever books. And this is called the emotional life of teenagers. It's it's uh, people can Google that emotional life of teenagers, written by Yale uh, psychologist. And if you want to know how to talk to teenagers, and especially those who are depressed, sad, uh, worried about themselves, their self-image, this this is a book I highly highly recommend. And if you don't you're not into reading, I think she has a YouTube uh, recordings too, perhaps a TED talk, tremendous resource. I forgot her last name now, but it's called the emotional life of teenagers. The other thing, to Dave, is I think other than obviously lifestyle and setting boundaries and letting people not ex- excessively be exposed to media, because media, let's face it, is is a huge factor. And it's probably going to get worse with AI, I'm guessing. Um, so, so there's a there's a steep hill ahead of us as parents to 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 know how to navigate uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and I and I think you know what uh, the the key thing is just to really when a teenager wants to talk to you when you're ready to go to bed at 10 or 11 at night, and that's when they want to talk. Wow. That's, that's gold. And and that's when you have to put your fatigue aside and just listen to them and not necessarily give them advice. They just want to, they don't necessarily want advice and they don't want to be asked what were you thinking? Or, um, you know, we, we so quick to, uh, to prescribe things and come up with ideas, but they just, they just need somebody who's safe, who won't, uh, Tell them, I told you so, and you will be there for them in a, in a very neat, special hard level. Easier said than done, though. I have to admit, it's tough because, you know, um, there's one ad that haunts me to this day, and that that's the ad where a, a teen comes into the room and it's a kerfuffle and the commotion and the teen shouts at the parents and slams the door. And then the ad ends with this line: if you think it's hard to live with a team, try to live without them.
2: Oh. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh wow. it's it's not an easy task, but you know, we, we do it together. Um Haley is a teacher. She knows how she invests in people's lives. Haley, we never even talked about running, but let, let me just put it this way. Yes. Some Olympic yeah. fanatics run till two weeks before they give birth. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but uh, there's some really <laughs> solid data that, that when you continue to run, maybe at a slower pace, shorter distances, it does uh, benefit your physical and mental fitness. And, and, and in, in turn, it affects the baby inside of you too in a positive way less likely to struggle. That's my with. favorite news ever. Yeah. So keep, keep, keep those laced <laughs> uh, up here and, and just, just patient <laughs> with wisdom. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Honestly, truly, like I, I do have a question for both of you. Cause, um, just like seeing, especially seeing two, you know, older men reach this level of vulnerability and connection with each other, like, this is not, like, you don't see that on the media. Like, you definitely don't experience this very often to see these, these, you know, these two men have this deep level of connection and friendship and honesty with each other. And I think, like, connecting back to, you know, what we were talking about a little bit earlier, too, like, like, a lot of teens that I'm, I'm finding, you know, I find them coming to me after school in tears because they just feel so lonely. So I guess my question for both of you is, like, how do you find... Like I mean, part of it is luck. I don't want to be naive with that. But how do you find connections with people? How do you find those, you know, gut wrenching, powerful, you know, connected uh, relationships with people in life? You know, like what what advice? I guess, and maybe this is like a way too hard of a question to answer. And because I, I do know, advice. like even get back to. Dave, yeah. Do you go first? Like,
1: can you... Oh, I'll, go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I'd love no, to. No, no, you go place, first. But... I've talked so much; it's your turn to talk, and then I'll, I'll follow you. <laughs> no,
0: a, it's a no, great yeah. question. How do you describe? I don't actually have a lot of friends. I I'm not an extroverted person. I have a hard time with friends. I have a hard time making a lot of friends, but I have a few very special friends, Peter being one of them, and I and I. I learned years ago that, uh, I don't have an, I don't really have an answer for your question, Haley. I'm, I'm going to just kind of, uh, yeah. uh, just, uh, blather, I think for a few moments here, but I think, but also have...
2: dad too, I think if you did have an answer, I think we wouldn't have a loneliness epidemic right now, you yeah. know? So <laughs> I think that's totally um, I, fair.
0: <laughs> I, I heard once that you, without vulnerability, you have no intimacy.
2: Mm.
0: So I do know that, what it takes to have a friendship is vulnerability what it takes to have any relationship any connection it starts with vulnerability and somehow or another peter invited vulnerability from the first moment that i met him you know you we were we were probably likely talking about running we we met at a time that running was becoming really important for you i had been competing in the, in the running Uh, arena for 25 years but it was never about competition with the two of us it -hmm. was never about uh, uh, looking good there was no impression management with Peter I didn't Mm -hmm. have to put any energy into being anything other than who I am I've always felt with Peter this sense of validation for Mm -hmm. who I am and respect deep respect for who I am not because Mm -hmm. of I don't think there's anything I could do that would have him love me less and I don't think there's anything I could do to have him love me more. He simply loves me. And it just evolved into a relationship and then you reached out to me Peter through during, during some hard times because I know you had reached out with your challenges yeah. with Ben and you'd been vulnerable with me early yes. on. And I hope I extended that same vulnerability Absolutely. with what was going was on true. in my life. And so yeah. it just evolved but I'm very intentional that mm. if people don't appreciate and value me i don't have to pretend anymore and age will certainly give me that advantage to get to the point where i'm not needing friends anymore Uh, so i'm just who i am and then the friends come and and appear and grow around me and and i have few but i've i've got some of the best friends that i could imagine on this planet
1: well that's
0: my answer to that question peter (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I i totally just say uh yes and, and amen i agree 100 percent um haley i think uh the one thing that uh, may explain um how dave and i um relate to one another probably has to do with bo- both of us have suffered you know and it's uh, uh i don't want to go into the detail i mean dave talked about his childhood he talked about depra- depression talked about other things too um that we don't need to now bring up but let's just suffice to say that he, he he's he's seen his shadow side um everybody has a dark side and a bright side a light side and the shadow side and dave dave confronted that with tremendous honesty and um he has a spiritual practice too so do i and i think that is what what connects us you know there's a saying that uh, every relationship is for a reason a season or a lifetime and uh I'm I'm very honored that, that our relationship has lasted this long and, and I always enjoy being part of Dave's webinars. And uh, last time I was on there I had technical problems. He wanted me to say something, and I, I just had a taste of what it must be like to be mute or not, you know, just I did I fixed it fixed it up and it, it's working now, but <laughs> Yeah, I I think uh, I think as you get older too, you become more comfortable in your skin, although there's a lot of young people who are comfortable in their skin. Maturity is not measured by numbers. It's measured by wisdom and compassion. And in in the book sustained, I I wrote about, you know, I borrowed from from the Buddhist teaching, which is you need both. You need both wisdom and compassion. It's like the two wings of a bird. They complement one another. And I, I, when I think of Dave, I think of a man who's very wise and full of compassion, and uh, and is a g- great role model to a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I do a lot of webinars, and I can tell you, I don't necessarily see 150 people attend a webinar, so that speaks volumes, because that's what Dave usually gets. And I know he's not into numbers, but that's that's where where people come to where their needs are met, right, Dave? Well, I've always
0: said that I want to impact the few. I value impacting the few rather than impressing the many. So I've always worked from that perspective. Peter, oh, you have touched yeah. many lives in this conversation this was, tonight. You've touched my life. It's been an too. honor to have you here. And i uh, I would like you, if you would, to let people know how they can reach you. Yeah, because thanks. I, for I think if something Dave. gets activated in this conversation, we want. to yeah. Our listeners to know that there's resources and that we will be there to support you if anything gets uh, activated.
1: You Here, know,
0: give your information.
1: Pro- probably uh, um, the, the easiest is just go to my website, which is dr stands for Doctor Dr Neiman dot com Doctor And if you just follow the site, it's a pretty simple site, nothing fancy. It'll give my email. People want to email me. I'll, I'll be happy to uh, answer each and every email. That's just who I am. I, uh, I think if people take the time to email me, I should take the time to respond and um, and yeah I don't do much social media, um, I uh, became a little bit jaded but occasionally I may post something on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and de- uh, not much on X uh, and not much on LinkedIn, but but I have a, a presence there, so I think it's email and. Um, and and the website and and if people just want to read an excerpt of the book too it's on amazon you you can just google sustained or my name and and it'll give you the 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 sort of a you know when you go into a, a grocery store they give you a piece of food on a on a on a toothpick you can decide if 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 you like the taste and if you like it go take it further or if you don't like it well it was not your train it didn't stop at your station I love that. Oh so, uh so that's
2: a good info. And David? truly Peter too like I, I would also like to really recommend like I haven't rec- I haven't read Sustained yet but I've been uh reading 101 finish lines um your other your other book about running marathons uh and I've since actually gifted it to my two your running friends as well um and they're also finding great value in it and great inspiration and you know connection through the sport. and so I, I promised our dear listeners that Peter did not tell me to plug this I promise <laughs> wow. this is a, a genuine recommendation um that I'm really enjoying enjoying those tales and your stories and um and I'm, I'm loving reading that book as well so I, that's always a that uh,
1: try to keep the story with more stories and lessons learned along the way and it's kind of short little yeah. chapters right? So you can read yeah, it uh, sure before it. you go to bed and hopefully sleep better, or maybe it'll yeah. put you to sleep. Who knows? <laughs> no. Peter, is there any last
0: words that you would like for to leave our listeners that I, that we have not asked you?
1: Um, no, I don't think so, Dave, other than I'm going to echo what my coach taught me. And that is be gentle with yourself. Uh, you know, the song desert Dorada? I love that song. It's a poem, uh, uh, which is with Googling. And then the song itself, uh, says um, you are a child of the universe and you have a right to be here and whether or not it is clear to you the universe is unfolding as you should and I think a lot of people forget that they have a right to be here they have a purpose they have a job they have a calling they're worthy Uh, we need them and they need us and uh, you know it's um, despite all the suffering despite all the cynicism and the Division. It's still a beautiful world. There's a lot of reason to be optimistic and hopeful, and and to, to you know, we'll be judged by the way we we truly love, right? I think in 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 the book of First Corinthians it says, you know, you can do whatever, you can give up your life to be burned, you can do this, do that, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. And uh, I don't ask people which church they go to. I I just try to see if they exemplify. Uh, love and you you do that dave you do that too Haley. i I can tell every time i listen to your podcast you guys radiate (laughs) love metaphysically through the through the airwaves keep going thank you we hope you as a
0: listener to our podcast you know that we like to end on a note of gratitude so we like to share with each other what we are grateful for who would like to start us off Haley, do you want to start us
2: yeah, Maybe I'll start. I just, you know, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but I'm just so grateful to just hear these tales and to just see, you know, your friendship as well, like between the two of you and, and your connection between the two of you, because, you know, it, it just it's especially, you know, adult friendship, masculine friendship. Um, these are these are things that, you know, you we don't, I think, express enough to people how much we mean to people. And let alone, I think, hearing two men talk about how important they are to each other. Um, it's just a really beautiful, wonderful thing. And and I think I really hope that our listeners are able to to do that, you know, regardless of who you are and regardless of age, gender, whatever. Um, but just to express that, you know, the importance of connection and, and value of friendship to each other. Um, because I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how important they are to each other. And I so i am just I'm just very grateful to be able to witness witness the two of yours connection and to hear their stories. And yeah, so that's what I'm grateful for. And and you know, running, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll go next. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for you shining a light on that because I sometimes don't stop and very much value the friendships that I have in my life and this one being one of them that's very, very special to me. And I'm grateful for that light. And I'm grateful for what you've given me in my life over these many years, Peter. And I'm very grateful that the three of us were able to come together and have a meaningful conversation. We could go on all evening tonight on this episode, and uh, we're, we're gonna end it here, but I'm just grateful for the, for the impact that this conversation has had on me on many, many levels.
1: Peter? I think I'm grateful, Dave, for all the teachers I've had thus far in my life. You know, it could be tonight it was you guys. We were together for as long as we were, and uh, I learned a lot from you. You're my teachers. And then I go to my clinic, and my patients teach me. And uh, my wife is my teacher, and she tells me I'm a slow learner, but I'm trying. And uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> I'm so blessed for the people that I've met and continue to meet in my clinic and in the running community, and uh, because of my books, you know, uh, people give me feedback and tell me that that the book has helped. I mean, obviously, I can't sell books to to make money in, in the medical field. I make more money than you can make selling books uh, you, you know so so that motive is not finances the motive is to to just share with people my the, at least the way i see it in a in a humble way without an with an attitude but but in the end dave um teachers everybody in some way shape or form becomes a teacher to me and i'm grateful for that opportunity
0: well, I thank you, Peter. I, I always say, uh, difference makers, when it comes to making a difference in the world, uh, abilities matter, but inner qualities matter more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I see today are the inner qualities that you have brought to this conversation, inner qualities like humility, courage, love, compassion. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the qualities that, to me, stand out, that, would they, that truly make a difference in thank this you. world. So thank, thank you, Peter, for touching us. Stay real, everybody, and open your heart and uh, stay in love with this beautiful world. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.